Father God, we thank you for your loving kindness to us. We thank you that we can come to you in and through the Lord Jesus for all that he has done. And so we pray, Father, that you would help us by the power of your spirit to be transformed, to be people that love you and live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are things in life which are at times such a joy. Things that are so good that you cannot help but share them with other people. Like maybe when you share an enjoyable time with friends, you want to tell other people about it. Maybe when you go and have a nice meal at a restaurant somewhere, you want to tell everyone about that restaurant. Maybe perhaps when you go on holiday somewhere and it's just such a wonderful break, you want to share the pictures with everyone. Maybe someone special comes into your life and you want to introduce them to everyone that you know. As many things in life, they they capture our hearts. They capture our hearts so much that it is a real joy to be able to share them with others. Because in a sense, when when we grasp the mercy of God, the goodness of God for ourselves, well, it should make us share it. It should make us to be a people who, who share the love and the goodness of God because the Lord changes us. He changes us by his mercy. As God works in us to, to change our hearts and to change our minds. Because as you look at the, the start of chapter 12 of Romans, you see that there is a connection between God's mercy and our mind. As Paul says, in, in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It is that as a result of a a renewed mind that we have a renewed life. A renewed mind should lead us to a renewed life. As we see God's goodness transform us day by day. And that, as we think about living for the Lord or being transformed by the Lord, that is really what we try to capture in choosing the verse of the year this year for Romans 15, verse 13, saying, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because as as God's people, we want to live lives which are full of joy. We want to live lives which are different from other people. We want to live lives which are full of joy, hope, and peace, overflowing with that. As we think about Romans 12 this morning, we want to think about what it means to be people living as God's people, to be living as God's people, what it means to live as his people. As firstly, we want to really live lives which are full of love and goodness, love and goodness. As Paul says, as you look there from verse 9 to verse 13, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need practice hospitality it's quite a list there but the first one that you see is about love love must be sincere that is it's 
Love is far more than just being nice. Anyone can be nice, but, but love is far more than niceness. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, that love is described as the most excellent way, the supreme way, the best way. Perhaps maybe one example of sincere love among others is when we, when we have a disagreement with someone. The most loving thing that we can do is go and speak to that person directly. As Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, if you have anything against anyone, leave your offering at the altar and go and speak to them. Go and speak to them personally. That is the outworking of love in community. To go and to speak to someone about the issue that you have rather than to speak to someone else about the issue that you have. Because it's really, it's not an easy thing to do, is it? It's not an easy thing to speak to someone directly. It's often easier perhaps to speak to other people about other people. But love, it is not passive, it is active. Love is not passive, it is active. It steps forward. We step forward to people. And so if we have an issue with someone, we're called to be sincere in love, to reject evil, embrace good and speak the truth in love to one another and therefore we're we're not to engage in things that don't build other people up instead we're to be devoted to one another in love it's surely devotion maybe that begins with prayer Uh, as we think about uh, the day of prayer that we had the week of prayer that we had uh, maybe we could use some of those notes even throughout the year as we pray for for ministries perhaps we are regular members uh, regular attenders or members and we have the yearbook that we can pray for people individually by name praying for their lives what an encouragement that would be to be devoted to one another in prayer As Paul says in verse 11, you're never to be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Whatever the Lord has placed us, we can seek to serve him. We can seek to give of ourselves in service to him as an act of worship. It might even mean perhaps if you're at school, then you give yourself to the Lord fully as you do your work to the very best of your ability. That is your act of worship. It might mean perhaps you're a carer, maybe someone with elderly parents or someone with children. Maybe your act of worship is to, to sacrifice, to, to love them, to serve them for God's glory. Maybe you're a, a husband or a wife and your act of service would be to honor your spouse, to, to honor them, to seek to, to outdo them, if you like, in service. Maybe you're single in this time of your life. Uh, maybe there are ways you might be able to encourage others to come alongside them to to encourage them there are many ways that we could do that both big and small maybe it's a small thing like asking someone to go for a coffee to encourage them to to pray for them to hear their story maybe taking a a, a walk together to, to pray with people sending people a text or an email just to encourage them as we do this because our hearts overflow with the love and the goodness of God, overflowing with the hope that, that Jesus brings as each one of us trusts in him. And that's why a, a, a pers- personal devotional life should be something that is a, a priority uh, for us throughout the week. 
as we look to, to delight in the Lord, and that delight will overflow into the lives of others as we seek to serve them, to build them up, to encourage them. Because in that sense, only in that way can service not become just a, another task to be completed, but actually a really big delight to be part of, an honor to be part of, to serve someone, to build them up. As Paul goes on to say in verse 13, that we are to share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. As God's people, we want to be sacrificial and generous. We want to be sacrificial and generous to others because that is exactly the way that Jesus is to us, sacrificial and generous. One of the ways that we've seen that perhaps recently as a church is to to give uh, towards the benevolent fund, giving towards those in need as we have gift days throughout the year. Maybe another way that we might be able to do that is we heard of uh, needs in different parts of the world. We want to support our missionaries. Maybe it's Bethan and Tenebu and, and their work at the clinic, generously, sacrificially helping them in that work. Perhaps it's Dave Green as he does his training and looks to go uh, towards a long-term mission as well. That is something that could be a real encouragement as we share with the Lord's people in need. We're called to be generous, generous in all that we are and all that we have and to be hospitable. Hospitality is a real gift. Hospitality is a spiritual gift. And in, in my own life, I've experienced that in such a rich and a rewarding way. When I went to Italy many years ago to serve the Lord, it was quite a, quite a lonely time at points, quite a difficult time. And yet I was very thankful for a family who invited me into their home. They gave me a spare key to their house, that I would come in, share meals, pray with, with them, see them lead their children devotions. It was a really encouraging and rich time. They were hospitable to me. For some of us, that might not be possible uh, to be able to do that, to be able to offer that or to receive that. Uh, but maybe it's to, to encourage other people in the gifts that we've, we've got, to maybe give them, to make a cake for them, to bring a meal to them, uh, to seek to encourage them uh, through whatever means that we have to be hospitable. Because as we do life together, Paul calls us in verse 16 and 17 to rejoice. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. One word which really sums up Christian community is humility. Humility. Because the temptation that each of us face is not to think about other people, to think about ourselves. And sometimes the temptation is not even to actually rejoice with other people, but in fact to envy other people. Perhaps if someone has a nice car, maybe the first thought that that comes into our mind is not, well, praise God for his grace and provision, but where's my car? Why am I driving a banger? Because we, we want to rejoice with others, but at times we may stray into envy. Envy people's careers, envy their clothes, envy their children, or maybe the fact that they're, they're married. We need to remind ourselves that all we have is a gift of grace. All that I have is a gift of grace. All that you have is a gift of grace. 
It is all a gift from God. And therefore we can rejoice. We can rejoice with those that rejoice. And we can come alongside those who are grieving. We can humble ourselves and graciously come alongside those who have lost loved ones. We want to to live in harmony with others and be willing to serve people of a lower social standing than us. And where do we see our truest example of that? One who did humble, menial work, work which would have been stinking and smelly, work which received no material reward. Surely it is most vividly seen in the Lord Jesus. His love and goodness on full display in service as he washes the feet of his disciples. He washed the feet of Judas. As in Christ we we see supreme love and goodness. As our lives should be marked by love and goodness. They should be marked by love and goodness but they should also be marked by mercy. Mercy and not revenge. In the concluding part of the, of the chapter, uh, Paul speaks about how we're to cope with being wronged by other people. As he says a little bit earlier in verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. As perhaps it's a, a person at school giving you a hard time for following Jesus. Maybe it's a, a colleague at work or a boss at work who subtly, indirectly makes fun of you for being a Christian. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's even your spouse that makes fun of you for your faith. How are you to respond to them? Well, we're not to curse them, it says. We're not to speak badly of them. But we instead are to bless. As Jesus says, we're to pray for our enemies. To pray for them. To pray that the Lord would open their eyes to see his abundant mercy and grace offered out to them. As Paul says in verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. It is that we're we're not to be consumed with the thought of vengeance. Not to be consumed by it. It will only make us harder, angrier, embittered and full of hatred and it's interesting as you as you watch many of the tv shows that are very popular right now many of the movies that are very popular a lot of them a lot of them cover the topic of justice but that justice so very often and so very quickly turns into revenge in one tv series i watched recently the the main character initially it it started out that he, he was looking to seek justice But it very quickly turned into revenge. Until in the very last episode, in the final scene, it was quite tragic. He ended up killing his own best friend because he was seeking revenge and not justice. Because revenge, it promises life, it promises peace, but it never delivers. It promises life, but it ends up giving a sense of death. And yet revenge is a, it is a very, very powerful emotion. As one commentator, Tom Schreiner, says, the desire to retaliate often overwhelms us when we've been treated unjustly by others. Because injustice can consume us. It can consume us if we let it. 
And so when we think about other people, maybe certain people in our lives, perhaps the only thought that comes to our mind is anger. Anger and a sense of unwillingness to forgive them for whatever they've done in the past. And yet the person that it will hurt most is you. And not only that, if if our hearts are, are full of unforgiveness and not mercy, then we deny our need of forgiveness ourselves. We deny the fact that we need mercy from God too. We're saying that we are better than some other people, some people out there, rather than recognizing our own need before the Lord. As Paul, he exhorts us to live in peace. As he says in the last section from verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As God's people, we are we're called to be a people of peace. A people of of wholeness, of calmness, of quietness, of shalom, the peace of God. Not just a not a people of hostility, of rage and of arguments, but a people of peace. A people of peace. And yet, as as Paul says, peace may not always be possible. It might not be possible in our lives. For example, if you have a disagreement with someone, you say sorry to them and you repent of it, but the other person, they refuse to receive it. They refuse to accept your, your apology and they refuse to acknowledge their role in it. If the words, you know, maybe I was wrong, if they do not come out, then there can be no reconciliation. There can be no peace. Peace is only really possible if there is repentance. Peace is only possible with repentance. And a refusal to reconcile is an extremely painful experience. We want to see people reconcile. We want to see people respond. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And that is very, very painful. Because we are seek, we're called to seek a life of peace to lead a life of devotion to Christ. But we're also called to, to live a life of, of true peace, not, not fake peace. We're not called to compromise in our, in our faith just to try and keep the peace, but to reconcile in light of the fact that Jesus has given us peace, that God brings us peace. As obedience to Jesus, that must come first in our life. Jesus is either the Lord of our life or he's not. But Paul says, as he speaks specifically of non-believers, he says, those who persecute you or mistreat you, well, leave it to the Lord. As he says in verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Because there is a a day of judgment. A day when the Lord will right every wrong. He'll bring total and perfect justice to bear on everyone. 
And so we're not to be overwhelmed by anger, by our own anger, by our own wrath, if you like. But instead, pray for those who mistreat us. We pray for those uh, Christians in the world who are persecuted by others. We pray even for their enemies, that they would come to see the mercy of God in light of God's coming wrath. Because the, the wrath of God, it is in fact, it is good news. Because it's, it's good news in light of the judgment of God because it liberates us. It liberates us to forgive other people. For whatever they may have done, we can forgive them. We can give them over to God. Because as we know, the Lord one day will make all things right. God will bring justice. It means if we've suffered abuse in any form over many years, we can give that to the Lord. We can give that to God. As he says, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. The Lord liberates us from a sense of vengeance. He will deal with it. It takes us away from seeking vengeance. From all the injustice that we see in the world today. And therefore, our, our prayer is not to see people experience that. Not to see people experience that, that day for themselves. The day of judgment. But to throw themselves on the mercy of God. To cry out to the Lord for mercy. To know the loving kindness of God. As the point of verse 20 in speaking of serving your enemy and of heaping burning coals on his head. is not to say, look at those terrible people over there. Aren't they just awful? That's not the point here. The point, rather, is to see the goodness of God. It's to point them to the goodness of God. Because despite the fact that they persecute me, despite the fact that they treat me badly, I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to seek to bless them. Even if you tell me I'm I'm stupid for following God, I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to ask you how your family are. I'm still going to love you. Even if you don't, don't want to hear anything about God, even if you belittle me for my faith, I'm still going to seek ways to love and to serve you. Because that is what we are called to do. Our lives are to be marked by love, not revenge. We want to live lives which are peaceable, full of peace and not anger. We want to live lives which display God's kindness. As that is how people turn to God. They turn to him because they see God's kindness. As Paul says in Romans chapter 2, he says, Or do you not... Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? And we pray that as people, maybe, maybe you today, that as you see who God is, that he is perfect and pure and holy, you see the goodness of God, that you can turn to him, that you can turn to him and experience that for yourself. To be forgiven. And to turn from being hostile to God and instead a turn to know his mercy and his love. Because as God's people, we, we don't seek revenge. We don't seek revenge. We seek repentance. And we can do that as we look to our Lord Jesus. Because as we look to him, he is the pinnacle of love, of goodness, 
and of mercy. As we look to him on the cross, we're reminded that we receive mercy and not justice. Because the full punishment that our sins deserve was poured out on Jesus on that dark day on the cross. That for all those trusting in him, we receive his grace and mercy in abundance, day upon day upon day. And so therefore, in light of his amazing sacrifice for us, how can we not be loving and good to all people? How can we not display mercy? How can we hold anything against anyone in light of what Jesus has done for us? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. I wonder, what is God calling you to as we think about living as God's people in light of his goodness and grace? Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for your love and your goodness to us. Lord, we are overwhelmed by what we deserve. We deserve nothing but your judgment, but we receive grace and mercy in abundance. That we can turn to you and give you praise and worship. Help us, Lord, to live that out in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we've um, looked at this passage this morning, I guess um, it's easy to think, well, I know what I should be doing. You know, I, I know I should be more loving and joyful and patient and forgiving. And I will try harder. But um, just as it is by God's grace that we come to faith in the first place, this is also by God's grace that we grow in our faith. Uh, we can't do this in our own strength. We're totally reliant on him. So we're going to have a bit of time now just to call out to God for help, uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. I'm going to just mention a theme that's come out from this morning, from the passage, then pray and leave a time of silence for you to pray yourself to the Lord and see what he's saying to you and ask, give you a chance to ask him for help in that particular area. Then I'll move on to another one and do the same thing. There'll be some music playing quietly in the background. Um, let us spend a time just coming to the Lord and asking now for his help to change us into the people he wants us to be. Be devoted to one another in love. Father, we thank you for your devotion to us and for those who've shown us love. We're sorry where we have failed to honour one another above ourselves. Forgive us, we pray. And fill our hearts with your love that we may overflow with love to one another. May your spirit open our eyes to see the needs of our brothers and sisters as you see them. May he give us a heart of love for them. And may he equip us with the gifts to serve them.
never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Father, we can't hide anything from you. You know our hearts and you know if that is us this morning, if we are lacking in zeal and fervor and have no great desire to serve you. We acknowledge that we can't change ourselves without the power of your spirit. And so we ask him to revive our hearts, to fill us with zeal and joy and hope. Lord, if we're struggling with affliction, grant us patience. Help us to be faithful in prayer. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Father, we know how much you hate pride. And where there is hidden pride in our hearts, may you reveal that to us and remove it from us. Give us the humility of Christ, we pray. And help us above all to seek to please you and do what is right in your sight, not to try and impress others and receive their praise. be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good Father we pray for those who have been treated badly in whatever situation and are still feeling that hurt help us to forgive as you have forgiven us help us to trust in your justice and not be tempted to repay evil with evil. Help us to love our enemies and overcome evil with good. things in Jesus name.
through the power of the Spirit. Amen.